Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon. The struggle is the necessary part of the story. We spend our lives creating a narrative. Sometimes it's centered around God, and sometimes it's centered around us. Who is the main character of your story? What does that main character do throughout the story? Do you win the girl at the end of the day? Do you claim fame and fortune? Does your story have valleys? Does your story have mountains, peaks? Your story is yours. What do you make of your story? How do you describe your story? How do you tell your story? Does your story have the struggle? Because we all know our life does. Struggle is a necessary part of the story. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I've always gone to church. My entire family has always been involved in ministry. But I never took my faith to heart until I got into high school. My freshman year of high school, God told me something. He told me that he had amazing plans for me, but first I needed to go through some tribulation. I began reading my Bible and praying every day. And in that time, my faith grew immensely. And I developed a confidence in Christ that I'd never experienced before. Then out of nowhere, towards the end of my freshman year, my little brother John was tragically killed in an ATV accident. In fact, in around six hours, 1.12 a.m., April 27th, it will be exactly three years since he passed away. For about a year, I tried and tried to figure out why this had to happen, and then I realized what God told me before he died. That was that breakdowns always come before breakthroughs. The more and more I talked with God, the more I realized the relativity of my story to Jesus' story. As Christ followers, we experienced life almost in the same way that he did. Stuff was constantly being thrown in Jesus' way, and he was constantly overcoming it. Bad things were constantly happening, and he was constantly slapping them upside the face and turning them for good. And all this leads up to the breakdown of breakdowns, and God intervenes in the most amazing way in the breakthrough of all breakthroughs. The final breakthrough that I'm referring to is Jesus' death and resurrection. Through this final breakthrough, we have the power to overcome the trials in our lives as Jesus overcame the trials in his life. When something gets in our way, we can rest assured that God is there, he has a plan, and he's always working, and a breakthrough is on the way. That's how I always have and always will live out my faith. I'm an overcomer because he's an overcomer, and I'm destined for victory because he won the victory.
Jesus brings life back into your story. Your identity is now no longer based off of your performance. Your identity is no longer based off of what people think about you, how you present yourself to others. Your struggle is a necessary part of the story, but is not the ending. Jesus brings life back into your story. What story are you telling through the risen Savior? You are no longer the main character, but Jesus is the author. You no longer are the one that is carrying the burden. Jesus, he carried that burden. You no longer are working for salvation. Jesus said it is finished. And it is through the cross, through his death, and then ultimately through the resurrection, that we now have life. And Jesus says that we have life and life to the fullest. Jesus brings life back into your story. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated on, at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your, store, your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Last week, when I was asked to come talk about the story of my faith throughout my high school career, I immediately started thinking about when it actually started. And after thinking, I came to the realization that the story didn't start in high school. It actually started in junior high. Because as many of you may know, junior high is around the time where kids want to start to find their identity. And since school sports started in junior high, that's where I thought my identity needed to be found. And I quickly became obsessed with what others thought about me and my athletic abilities. And it came to the point where I really didn't have a faith at all. And I became very good at going through the motions. And I became very good at coming to church and just singing the songs and giving the right answers. But when it came down to it, I didn't have a real, real relationship I wasn't taking the time to read my Bible. I wasn't taking the time to pray. And I really just put God in the back seat. And that lasted all the way from about my seventh grade year, all the way probably halfway through my sophomore year. And that's when God really kicked me in the gut and he gave me a wake-up call. And it was basketball season. And we were about five games in and I started experiencing some knee pain. And we really weren't sure what it was. So we went to the doctor and I got an MRI and he told me that it was a torn meniscus and he told me I'd be out a month. So I thought, Okay, no problem, just out a month, and I'll be back doing what I love. So at that time, I really didn't get the message that God was sending me. But he had bigger plans in store. And so it comes with the surgery, and the doctor goes in, and he finds out that it's much more than just a torn meniscus. I actually had a lot of torn cartilage inside my knee, so I had to have a microfracture done, which uh, allowed the, or made the doctor drill three holes into my kneecap to make sure that the uh, cartilage was or cartilage healed properly. And after the doctor came out of the surgery, he came out and he told my parents that um, it was one of the worst knees that he had ever seen inside a 16-year-old and that there was a chance that it wouldn't heal properly and that I'd never be able to play competitive sports again. And that's when I really realized that I was living for all the wrong reasons. Um, through that process, there came a four-month recovery. 
after the surgery, and during that time, I was sidelined sitting on the bench, and that's when I really realized that people's opinion of me doesn't matter, that the only thing that matters is my relationship with Jesus Christ. And we read it before, and I'm going to read it again, because it's really what, this is really what taught me uh, through this time. And it's Colossians 3, 1 through 3. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. After going through my trial, I realized that sports were quickly becoming my God. I then made it a priority to change what I thought was my identity because my heart needed to be fully committed to God. Because if God is not the center of our hearts, then everything on this earth is pointless. I then realized that I needed to change my mindset because before I was fully invested in my faith, my mindset was to wake up every day and impress as many people as I could to try to fit in. But now I wake up with a mindset every day that I need to show others Christ in everything that I do and make sure that they can see him living inside of me. The last aspect, aspect that God showed me is I needed to change my life as a whole. And God wants our entire lives to reflect him. And that's not possible if he is not our true identity. After God showed me my identity wasn't in the right place, I now try to make sure God is at the center of every decision that I make. And I just want to leave you with this. An identity found in earthly things is temporary. It will never fulfill a human heart. Know that when Christ is at the center of your identity, it will fulfill every need that you could ever have and leave you complete. We often forget and have to be reminded of a couple things in life. One is that the struggle is a necessary part of the story, but it's not the end of the story. And the other is Jesus has the ultimate rule and reign of our lives. He has overcome the world so that we could live freely in him. But if you're anything like me, we forget. We forget the promises that we read in scripture. We forget the messages that we hear on a weekly basis. We forget the impact that people make around us. People that look and talk like Jesus. We forget the words of a deager bleeder or a mom and dad, a connection group leader on Wednesday night. And in the moment, we want to take action. Very few of us actually do. Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he sat with a group of disciples. Some of these disciples we've been talking about this whole semester. Looking into their lives, seeing what it means to follow Jesus. Ordinary men, just like me, just like you. Just trying to figure it out. And as you look at their life, you can see the times that they forgot the promises that Jesus consistently gave them. So he's sitting around a table. And he's telling them that I must go 
so that a counselor may come. The counselor is the Holy Spirit. And the place that I'm going to go, you, you can't go there. I, I'm going to give up my life you so that you can have life in me Jesus being fully God and fully man died on a cross the most brutal death was buried and three days later rose to newness of life defeating death and sin to give us life in him so often we forget yet every week both here on Wednesday night at Christ Church and on Sunday morning, we have the opportunity to partake in the same supper that the, that the disciples partook in. Jesus takes bread and he breaks it. He says, this is my body that is broken for you. takes some wine and he pours it out. So this wine represents the blood that was poured for you. So whenever you eat this bread and you drink this wine, you remember So often we forget. Yet praise be to God that grace is extended to us that we can remember his death, his burial, and his resurrection that gives us hope, that gives us life, that puts that life back into our story. Here in a moment, we're going to continue to sing. We're going to worship a God that loves us right where we are. It's by grace that he meets us exactly where we are. Through the struggles, through the pain, through the heartache, through the tribulations of life, Jesus meets us where we are. calls us to be more and more like him. We've been asking one question in a couple different ways this whole year. Where are you in your faith? And what is your next step? If you've given your life to Jesus, 
if you've surrendered your life to him, if you call him Lord and Savior, as we sing, I would ask for you to go and partake. There's four stations around the room. Take the bread, you dip it into the cup, into the juice. But before we move, before we start singing, take a moment to answer those questions. Where, where am I in my faith? And God, what is my next step in you? Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.